Hey Star Wars fans, this is Alex from Imperial Entanglements, here to remind you that this is the place where you want to be for Star Wars content. That is true, Alex, and just to prove it, here is my best Gamorrean guard imitation. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> That's funny. And we're here to tell you... If you like Star Wars, and I think you do... Are you itching for new Star Wars content? Join us. It is your destiny. And we're here to remind you that you're listening to... The Scarif Podcast. A Star Wars podcast with a lemony twist. <laughs> He's not wrong. So grab your sunscreen and your blasters, because it's always sunny on Scarif. How freaking cool is that? <laughs> Insert sound effect here. Roll it again. And that's the Scuttlebutt. What's up, Scuttle Buddies? This is Ro coming to you live from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Not really live. I'm recording this, but uh, you know what I mean. So I wanted to tell you guys a funny thing happened to me on the way to finishing up episode 13. Uh, we, got a, uh, we got a little sidetracked, but uh, it's a good sidetrack. Uh, one of our uh, amazing uh, followers and listeners to the podcast, friend of the podcast, Amanda... Uh, Parizzo. Can I say that like that? Parizzo. Uh, Amanda uh, posted a uh, tweet uh, that she wanted to talk about Ray and Palpatine, a little theory crafting here. Uh, Alex was able to conduct the interview, and uh, turns out it was uh, such a great uh, sounding, uh, a great interview that uh, I made it into a podcast episode all on its own. So without further ado, here is Alex talking with Amanda. Let's see what they have to say about Ray and Palpatine. Welcome, Star Wars fans. Thank you for listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. I am joined today by a special guest, and we have a very cool topic that we want to discuss with you. Uh, we were contacted. Actually, we contacted you. You put out a Twitter message, Amanda. Um, yes, that I said did. That, that said that you wanted to talk about the Ray Palpatine theory, and uh, the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast was right on that. We were like, yes, let's talk about it. And here we are. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's great to be here. Yes, we are very happy to have you and very excited to talk about this cool subject that uh, has been kind of mulling in the minds of, of Star Wars fans for probably since The Force Awakens, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like um, I love personally talking about theories because um, my Twitter handle is Jedi Caligula 89 I studied ancient Greek and Roman history and mythology in, in university. So I'm like, you know, I love the whole mythology and theories. I studied it in college, so I do it for fun in Star Wars. So mm -hmm. this is a great topic for me to talk about. And, and Star Wars has so many uh, ties to ancient mythology and things like that that I'm sure mm -hmm. are reflected in the movies and in the stories and in legends and comic books. So it's it's got to be cool to have that kind of inside view coming from you who's studied this in the real world to uh to yep. be able to look at star wars and kind of maybe pick out some things that some people might miss yeah exactly i mean uh one of the greatest theories that i learned in school was that um george lucas basically based star wars on a greek tragedy so and when you really study greek tragedy and you take a look at the star wars saga you see so many similarities with different fictional tropes and stuff so 
I'm really excited to really dig down into this theory. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. So for those who may not be familiar, which I, I can't imagine that any Star Wars fan isn't familiar with this theory, uh, the theory is that Rey is in fact somehow related or is a uh, an offspring uh, of the Emperor himself, Sheev Palpatine. And there are a ton of little Easter eggs and hints and uh, some little dustings of, of possibility within the Star Wars universe from The Force Awakens onward through the, uh, the ex extra content that we get in novels and stuff like that that actually support this theory. And uh, Amanda and I are going to sit down and discuss the possibilities and what some of these hints are. Throughout Star Wars' history, John Williams has always written the uh, musical themes to each character and to each, even the ideas behind Star Wars, whether it's the Force or it's the Rebellion. They each have these light motifs that go along that are iconic to us nowadays. We hear them immediately and we recognize them. We hum them in our, in our everyday life. probably one of the most brilliant composers that I've ever known. Having different themes for each character is just incredible. Like I had read once that he was like the first guy to do that in film was hmm. to put different themes for different characters, which I just is amazing. Yeah. And how much depth he puts into his music. Absolutely. It is. It's so cool. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's a podcast um, called, uh, the soundtrack show by D uh, David W. Collins, I think his name is. And uh, he breaks down Star Wars and, and John Williams themes so amazingly well. It gives me chills listening to it because he oh, connects. I'll have, to, I'll have to check this out because I've, uh, I've heard of David W. Collins. He did, uh, I think, voice work for LucasArts back in the day, right? Yes, yes, that is correct. He is yes. a voice. He's a voice actor and he has his own podcast. And um, Ro and I gush over it all the time. We listen to it. Uh, he does Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all, all the major movies. And uh, there's several connections that John Williams makes between the characters and the themes of the movies themselves that just will blow your mind when you learn about them. One of the ones that really struck me was uh, Yoda's theme from Dagobah in, in episode five actually has a very clear and distinct connection to the the uh, Rebels theme, uh, That that kind of you know, go off to war and defend the right. Uh, mm -hmm. It's yeah. in, it's inside Yoda's theme, which you wouldn't normally think they're connected, but John Williams very pointedly made a connection between those two. Also with Luke, uh, his, his theme that we all know by heart when he's looking over the, uh, the dual sun the sunset. Yeah. Yep. That theme is connected uh, in several different ways to the, the force theme, that opening, you know, the, the, yeah, that the, do do right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. theme. It, they're all very uh, well placed and connected to each other, which is it's kind of uh, it's John Williams' calling card. And yes. he he's continued this throughout all films, and especially in The Force Awakens, there was a connection that we realized um, it was brought out by, I'm sure it was, I can't remember the, the first person to mention it, but I learned about it from a, another podcast called the Nerd Soup Podcast, 
and they made a connection between Ray and Palpatine. And there's several yes. notes in, in that beautiful sequence where we see Ray in The Force Awakens. You remember that one where she's up against the, the Star Destroyer? Yes, yes. Yeah, her, the very first time we ever see Ray on screen. The first her, time we ever see her when she lifts up the goggles, right? Yeah, yes, exactly. Her theme. Dun da da dun dun da dun da dun da dun dun Yes, I love Got that it. thing. That's probably my favorite <laughs> my favorite uh, piece of music from The Force Awakens is Ray's theme. I love it. And, oh, I uh, love it. And um, I gotta admit, I love the First Order theme. I really like that. I, you know what? Now that you've mentioned it, I can't actually think of what it is. It's that dun, 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 dun. Ray. Okay, so Ray's theme right. is connected. There's several notes in her theme that connects to Palpatine. Now, is this done on purpose? Do you think John Williams did that on purpose? Well, John Williams does, as you mentioned before, he has a habit of connecting things together. I don't think he did it not on purpose. I mean, he's a brilliant composer. He's done it before with Star Wars. I mean, he'll do it again. And I think this could be done purposely to connect the two. I mean, we do know, this is old say, but George Lucas did say at once that Palpatine was always going to come back to the story. Yes. And so we, he knew this way back when, and I probably John Williams knew it and J.J. Abrams and all of them. They all knew Palpatine was going to come back eventually. So this connecting the two, it just makes sense to connect the two because there is Palpatine is going to come back and like Ray being connected just fits with her mysterious background. We don't know anything about her. Yes. Even, you know, we're in the uh, second half of the movies uh, in this mm -hmm. trilogy and we still don't know her last name. I kind of, I kind of poke fun at Lucasfilm a little bit, you know, like we're two yeah. movies in. And I still don't know. Is she Ray? Like, how am I supposed to Google her if I can't remember her well, last name? <laughs> I don't know if you paid attention to this, but in the force awakens, you know, the helmet she puts on, Yes, yeah, that was a uh, well, a rebel starfighter pilot that was also named Ray, correct? But it was, that was also named Ray. So there's there is a lot of people that think maybe she named herself that. That might not have even been her original name. Hmm. If that's the case, we don't even really know her real name then, because that's very interesting that the pilot that she puts the helmet on name is Ray too. Yeah, and that's a deep cut. Like somebody had to have taken a still frame of that picture with her with the helmet on. Yes. And then translated the letters Slated on the it. side. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know who did it, but they found it. That's that's some deep level nerd. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we kind of covered this musical theme, uh, which I think if anything is is uh is relevant to this conversation anything has like any kind of solid basis to it i think the connection with john williams music is probably the strongest one um it's yes. it's it's definitely something that is absolutely possible it's op it's something that he's done in the past with other characters uh i think that one fits perfectly but next we're gonna dive into some of the lore and uh, you mm -hmm. mentioned something really interesting a minute ago about the legends uh darth vader comic book why don't you tell me about that real quick 
Yeah, um, so in the new comic book series of Darth Vader, it was uh, Darth Vader number 25. This is in the new canon, so Disney canon. It was revealed that Sidious succeeded where Darth Pelagius failed. So Darth Pelagius had been trying to create life from midi-chlorines. And apparently, Sidious, Palpatine, succeeded, and he influenced the midi-chlorians within Shmi Skywalker and created Anakin from it. And it has been confirmed in Darth Vader number 25 that Palpatine is, in a way, Anakin's father. Mm-hmm. So we do know Palpatine can create life basically out of nothing. Right, which, which was it was hinted. Uh, I, before we go on, I do want to ask you something. You pronounce Darth Plagueis' name very differently than I've ever heard before. Is there a reason for that? Uh, it's the Latin in me. Okay. I was going to I'm like, I, that is... Yeah. It's a really cool way of saying it. I've never heard anybody... I, um, I took Latin and the I-U-S is pronounced the way I say it. So ah, that's okay. Why. <laughs> I dig it. No, it's really cool. It's a, it's, it's yeah. so different. Cause mm-hmm. when I, when I hear Darth Plagueis, I think, Oh, it's, it, you know, there's Darth Tyrannus. He's a tyrant. There's Darth Sidious. Yeah. He's in, he's insidious. There's Darth Plagueis. He's a plague on humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the way you yep. say it, it gives it so much more finesse. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the Latin pronunciation. Cause um, okay. anytime you see IUS, it's usually something like that. So okay. it's from All Latin. Right. Now I know, now I can, I can move on from that. So, um, okay. <laughs> in the in the Darth Pelagius uh, novel, uh, it was hinted at that he was, uh, of course, as all Sith are, they're obsessed with Im- obsessed with immortality, and yes. uh, he was trying to control the Metaclorians to make himself live longer. And of course, mm-hmm. we have that iconic speech by uh, Palpatine uh, in Revenge of the Sith when he's he's talking to Anakin. Darth Plagueis is a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise. He could use the force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Uh, mm-hmm. So this all kind of connects and this all makes sense. And I loved that the comic brought that up. And, and it was kind of a mystery in The Phantom Menace where Anakin came from. But now we're starting to flesh that out a little bit. Yeah, because like in, in Revenge of the Sith, when he tells the tale of, you know, the tragedy... You know, which I love it because he exaggerates so much too. Yeah. But uh, but the whole tale is starting to make you think. You were like, okay, if this guy could do it, is, did he create Anakin? But then you find out in this comic that it was actually Palpatine. So we know Palpatine is extremely powerful. I mean, this is powerful to create basically life just from the midi-chlorians. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, not, so not... it proves that he could do it again if he wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. And he said that line, you know, he taught his apprentice everything he know. And of course, he was mm-hmm. the apprentice. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it stands to reason that he knew how to do that. He did it with Anakin. Now, let's kind of stretch that into the possibility that did do you think he did that with Ray as well? I, I think it's a, a big possibility. 
Ray we don't know anything about. She has kind of mysterious beginnings, kind of like Anakin, except Anakin had a mom. She didn't. Well, that we know of. Uh, so I do think it could happen and it could benefit him greatly if he did it again. And this time technically worked better than with Anakin. Yeah. Yeah, because he would have, I mean, we're speculating at this point whether or not he would have stuck mm -hmm. around. Uh, like Anakin, he kind of left and let grow up. Then he, he discovered him. It, he acted like he discovered him, like he, he didn't know who he was in The Phantom Menace. But is it, it might be a possibility that he knew all along. Uh, of course, because he said, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll watch your career with great interest, that ominous line yes. at the end of The Phantom Menace. So we have all these little little hints and tugs at this uh, at this thread. So with Ray, Ray's a bit different though. We have that flashback uh, from The Force Awakens where she's being left behind. She's a young girl. She's probably I don't know what do you think eight in that scene, maybe younger. I'm thinking I'm thinking like six. Six. Okay. So she's six years old. She at that point she knows who her parents are, and that's why she's <laughs> reacting to the way she does. She doesn't want them to leave. So it's possible that it was just her mother, and mm -hmm. if you. This is going to be a, a bit of an Easter egg deep cut for uh, a connection between The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the ship that is leaving Jakku during that flashback scene is the same ship that we see in The Rise of Skywalker trailer heading towards that uh, kind of snow-capped mountainous uh, planet um, where we are most likely going to meet this new character that is played by the actress Carrie. Is it Carrie Allen? Carrie Russell. Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah, she, and I think her character is Zori, or... Yeah, I, I should, probably Zori. should have looked that up. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> this is... She's, like, fully covered, though. She wears, like, a mask and everything. Yes, yes. I, I'm mm -hmm. wondering I'm wondering if there's going to be a connection to uh, Palpatine and this character, this new character we're going to be introduced to in The Rise of Skywalker. Well, which... I did find out this about the new character. Um, I was reading it on Force Friday that she has a connection to Poe. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's going to be a connection to Palpatine, but I know there's a connection to Poe, but it's really weird that her ship is the, like the same one that dropped off Rey. Yeah. And that's kind so, of, uh, that's mm -hmm. pretty unavoidable. Like if you look at the side-by-side -side pictures of the two, it's, it's absolutely the same ship. There's no question of, yeah. in, in my mind about it. So that's interesting. She has a connection to Poe. So maybe there's an, <laughs> who knows? Maybe there's a maybe connection. Maybe there's between another, another con connection. Yeah. Well, I do know, this is kind of going off side trick a bit, but Poe Dameron has a connection to the Force too. If yes. you if like, um, did you read the part about the Force tree that Luke planted at the I house? I did. Yes, I am yeah. aware of that story. So that's kind of maybe a weird Force connection thing going on. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it could. That's be. just going way far out. Yeah, that's but a bit. <laughs> that's a, on a tangent. That's, that's too far. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> no. Um. All right, cool. So we have we have this this Darth Plagueis uh, or Pelagius and uh, Palpatine uh, creating Anakin, and then also creating uh, Ray. So that would that's another possibility. And then also in the history and lore, um, and I'll kind of bring up the the aftermath novels. There's a lot of cool Easter eggs in that, and the one I, I wish we could go into all of them, but the one that pertains to this most uh, uh, directly. Is uh, as Jakku is a major, major part of the Emperor's last stand during or right after the Battle of Endor. Uh, there's this character named Gallius Rax who is kind of the right hand man to the to uh, Emperor Palpatine, 
and he takes mm-hmm. over. He more or less takes over the empire after um, Palpatine dies, or is thought to be dead. He was born on Jakku, so and he immediately goes back. And there's of course that battle of Jakku, which is why we have all the destroyed uh, star destroyers there, where Rey is, is living her life amongst the ruins of the empire. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of hints that Jakku is very very much important to the story of the Empire and of of Palpatine. He set up some kind of a base there. Uh, you were mentioning there's something even in a video game, uh, right? Uh, yes, in Battlefront Two, which tells the story of uh, Iden Versio, who is the daughter of a um, admiral in the Imperial Navy. She fights in the battle on Jakku, and her father is one of the commanding admirals of Jakku, the Imperial Battle Fleet, and, uh, which is what's really interesting about him, and I was just trying to find it on my computer here, was that her father, Aiden Versio's father, which I cannot remember his name, but Admiral Versio, was receiving orders from the Emperor Beyond Death. And these orders were in this robot that had this droid that had a holographic interface of the Emperor. So the Emperor was still giving orders to the Imperials after he was dead. Right. Yes, we see that. I think that was the, um, was it the order Fire, it Firestorm order or something like that, where he had, to, he had the Imperial fleet go back and destroy, kind of like cover up his footsteps. Yes. Sin- Operation Cinder. Yes. Operation Cinder. That's it. Um, I cannot remember the droid's name though but it does a great connection that admiral versio was receiving secret orders because a lot of the orders were coded secret orders from the emperor admiral versio operation cinder is to begin at once resistance rebellion defiance these are concepts that cannot be allowed to persist. You are but one of many tools by which these ideas shall be burned away. Heed my messenger. He shall relay you to your target. So the Emperor's agenda was still going on, and it clearly means the Emperor definitely had something going on with Jakku if Admiral Versio was there as well. Yes, 100%. And then, of course, we have the connection between Galileus Rax, Jakku. Now we have a connection with the Emperor and Jakku. So there, Jakku is a very, very important planet in this story. And it just so happens to be where Rey comes from. So there is... It's un- it's unimaginable that she's not somehow connected to the Empire. Right? I mean, who? why else would she be on Jakku? And why else would she be stuck there and exactly. Some, and somehow not wanting to ever leave. Like she she daydreams kind of like Luke does about getting off the planet, but as soon as she does, she wants to turn around and go right back. So there's mm-hmm. something something that's calling to her uh, on that planet. And I wonder this will kind of segue into the next idea of uh, something that was hinted in the Force Awakens uh, during the cave scene. Uh, it kind of mirrors uh, what Luke did in on Dagobah but in a yes. different way she was she was asking the force for an answer and she didn't think that she got the one or she didn't get the one that she wanted right she wanted to see her parents but in fact mm-hmm. all she saw was many many different versions of herself and what do you think that signifies well it can signify a lot but um a lot of theories that i've seen and one that i tend there's there's a bunch of theories but the one that kind of hits closest is 
the idea of clones. If anybody could clone a Force user, it's Palpatine. Exactly. I mean, he's he was the creator of the uh, the Republic Army, the clone troopers. Mm -hmm. Like he, he, there's you know, he knew with who the Kaminoans were, and he knew how to uh, go about this process. He had the the means to do it. He had the knowledge mm -hmm. to do it. Now, I know in Legends, I'm not sure if they've mentioned this in Disney canon or not. I I have to ask some. Uh, some other fans to see if they could find anything, but in Disney, yeah. in the in the old canon in Legends, uh, cloning is one thing. Cloning a Force user is a totally different thing. It was completely different in Legends because it 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 took a lot more. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot more um, trial and error. And if we remember, of course, the Force Unleashed kind of dabbled in that with uh, the creation of Star Killer. The um, he was a Force. Clone, was yeah, the clone of. Uh, Luke Skywalker had issues too in yes, the uh, yeah, and there in was, books. And that's oh man, that's almost another I know we're talking about Ray and and Palpatine, yeah. but there's another connection mm -hmm. there where Ray could possibly be a clone of Luke Skywalker himself uh, from mm -hmm. the the missing hand. There was concept yes. art of that with George Lucas or something. He was thinking about going in that direction at one point. I, I love speculating over who this character yes. is. <laughs> Cuz she's so mysterious. We just don't know anything. And there's yeah. there's this other thing too where Ray is so powerful to begin with like she has no training and she's able to like kick the butt of kylo ren who's yes. who's trained for years so i mean there's clearly something more to it because it's like how can somebody who just picked up a lightsaber off the ground beat a guy who's trained in saber combat yes. for over so a decade probably Yes. Yeah, so when I saw when I first saw The Force Awakens, I I loved it, and I justified mm -hmm. that uh, particular um, idea because a mm -hmm. she she showed that she was capable of fighting on Jakku with yeah. the staff. She took on three people mm -hmm. with the staff. Yeah. Granted, they weren't Force users. However, she did mm -hmm. overtake them. Um, so she's a capable fighter, whether or not she's been trained from growing up, or whether it's just a force of uh, of needing mm -hmm. to survive on Jakku. She knows how to fight. She knows how to handle herself. Uh, that coupled with the I, the fact that um, Kylo Ren just took a Wookiee bowcaster to the chest, and that is, is true. That and is, is true. still yeah. and yeah. is still is still breathing <laughs> and walking around. So he's severely injured. Um, he's bleeding out at basically at this point. So he's got to be at, at least half strength, right? And he's he's preoccupied I mean, with I his guess. injury. But I guess the dark side could fuel you. This is true, and and there's. I a, mean, it kept it kept Anakin alive in. Revenge of the Sith. Yes, and you can where see where lesser people would have died. You can see so. that that very idea. You you hit it on the head right there. You that very mm -hmm. idea. He's punching himself on his injury yes. to fuel his anger and to fuel his pain because that's what's keeping him alive and and strong. You need a teacher. I could show you the ways of the Force. I I wish that they would have kind of mentioned that or maybe shown that a little bit more in the movie but um the yes. fact that i think that's the first time that we see blood in a in a star wars movie since the, the since a new hope <laughs> since a new hope yeah i think that's yeah. the only time because even when luke's hand got cut off we didn't see it in no, Empire no Strikes Back. yeah no. there's no there's no blood in any star wars movies except for a new hope when obi-wan cuts the guy's hand off in the bar and then again in yeah. the force awakens i thought that was kind of cool um, yeah, I don't. I don't think we see blood in the last Jedi either, do we? No. 
No, I don't believe so. Anyway, that's a tangent. Holy cow. Yes. <laughs> that's another tangent. Missing blood. Yes. Yeah. How many times do we see blood in the Star Wars universe? Yes. <laughs> oh, the rabbit holes we go down. Yes. Um, where were we? Oh, fighting style, right? Is that what we were talking about? We were talking about how Ray was able oh. to beat Kylo Ren without training. Yes, yes, without training. So I that's how I justified it when I saw The Force Awakens. Now, of course, The Last Jedi puts another layer on top of that where uh, it's said that, you know, powerful light side, powerful dark side, there's always a balance in the Force. Uh, do you agree yes. with that? Is that something that you kind of latch onto to explain that? I mean, I mean, we do have the Mortis arc in The Clone Wars, which reiterates that with the um the son and the daughter and the balance yes but i don't know i mean it's a stretch like i i understand yeah it definitely is a main uh, a main point that the the force is balancing everything out at some point but i don't know if it justifies somebody having skill versus somebody who doesn't have skill it, it doesn't it really doesn't in my opinion because like to me I think Ray has like maybe like really high midi chlorine count. Maybe that's why she's more powerful. She could be like Anakin in that, you know. Right. Well, if phrase. she, if in fact she was created the same way Anakin was, then that she would, would make have sense. a really high. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's the only thing I can think of is like, because like you see her battle Kylo Ren, and then again, you know when she's battling those um, Praetorian guards, mm -hmm. the um. Snoke's guards, she's kicking their butt too. So yeah. I mean, well, this is trained too. Yeah, and this is where that criticism that many that a lot of fans mm -hmm. have about Rey herself is that she, you don't get to see her kind of struggle. She kind of just accomplishes see, accomplishes every goal is, she has. I don't really think it should be a controversy because I think there's something more to her than meets the eye, hmm. and that's why maybe she doesn't struggle the way others do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I I, I agree mm -hmm. with you. I think there has to be an explanation for it. And I think JJ is going to mm -hmm. bring that out in, in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, the, yes. the, the thing that struck me, I didn't care too much about her fighting. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute because there's a particular mm -hmm. way that there's a particular way that she fights that uh, interests yes. me. But uh, real quick, a little tangent. The thing that struck me wasn't necessarily her fighting skill, which I justified again by The Force Awakens mm -hmm. uh, in that opening scene. But what what really made me question was when she lifted up all those rocks to allow the rebellion or the resistance to get out of the mountain. I was like, yes. that's a, that's a, that's something that we've never seen any other Jedi even capable of doing. Even Yoda struggled with, uh, with that giant pillar. If you remember in episode two, when it fell on yes. Obi-Wan, he struggled to after, stop that. And that was after fighting Dooku, which was no tough fight either. Yeah. So exactly. he was tired. Um, so he was but yeah, with Ray lifting all those rocks, I mean, again, it's it's clearly like massive force power there to do that yeah. in just yeah. one go. And she did have training from Luke, but it wasn't like major training, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it was very basic stuff. It was kind of it like was an very basic. It's not like the training that say Anakin Skywalker or Obi Wan Kenobi got when no. they were training to be Jedi. Yeah, you I know? would like I would liken uh, Luke's training of Rey. I would liken more to Obi Wan's training of Luke. So yes. if in in Episode Four, Obi Wan explains what the Force is to Luke in a very basic way, and mm -hmm. he also he shows him how to tap into it with that little droid on the Falcon. 
it's nothing extremely out uh, out of this realm that he was able to accomplish those small feats, mm -hmm. but it gave him a basis, a foundation of what the force is and how to use it, which is similar to what Luke was doing with Ray. Ray just mm -hmm. Ray takes that that small bit of training and just expounds on it like wildly. It's crazy. Exactly. So there has exactly. to there there has to be an explanation for that, and I I think mm -hmm. we're there has to be some kind of a connection with her and and somebody who would be so massively powerful in the force. And the only other person I can think of beside Yoda would of course be Palpatine. And the, okay, so we were talking about how she was fighting. Um, <laughs> I'm all, all over the place with this conversation. Yeah, but yeah. Her fighting style, uh, if you break down uh, her fight scene with Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, she uses these, uh, she's real strong thrusts. And uh, we've, yes. seen those, we've seen those before. Where have we seen them before? Palpatine. Palpatine in episode yes. three. Episode three, we see those strong thrusts when he's battling Mace Windu. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Yes, exactly. And he takes out what? How many Jedis does he take out? Um, He takes out Kit, Kit Fisto. Oh, poor and guy. He, like takes out, he takes out, oh, what was his name? I think Sacy's Tin. Is that it? Is that how you oh, say his name? I didn't expect you to name him. I was just trying to number yeah. how many. It was, and I don't it, remember the other guy. There's three, I think. Three Jedi that die. Yeah. And it, it like within immediately. Yeah, immediately, within a couple minutes. And he uses that thrust like two two times just to do those. Two times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he uh, does that, that cool spiral move. It's treason, then. <laughs> oh, iconic. <laughs> yes, that move is just epic. <laughs> I'd like, I like to, to think sometimes. I'd like to think sometimes that Palpatine had been waiting at his desk for years to do that. Oh, I'm sure he's daydreamed about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I can't wait to just take out all these stinking Jedi. We've we've covered a lot of the topics about how we are personally connecting Ray to Palpatine. So, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Let's kind of speculate a little bit on the rise of Skywalker. Um, okay. How how do you think JJ is going to utilize uh, Palpatine coming in to this next movie? Have you seen any theories or read any leaks possibly? Do you have any ideas how that might happen? Well, um, I'm kind of going to go a bit on my Greek mythology knowledge here. Oh, perfect. So, so yeah. So we're going to go with this. If Star Wars follows typical kind of um, epic story traits, um, I tend to think Palpatine is going to be some kind of spirit being, to be honest. Okay. I think he's going to be a Sith spirit. Um, we've seen it before in Clone Wars. Darth Bane appeared to Yoda as a spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he's going to be a kind of spirit-like creature, which kind of fits with that whole epic storyline. Bad spirit coming in. Okay. Uh, and what would, what kind of Greek um, story would you be comparing that to? Where are you getting that idea from? Um, like, get get super nerdy on us. Tell us where you're okay. Get, get us super. Um, Does, it's not really a spirit per se, but in the tale of Odysseus, um, Odysseus has to go down to the underworld to see a blind seer who's been dead for a long time, and this blind seer has knowledge 
for Odysseus to progress further. So in a way, Palpatine is kind of like this dark spirit where maybe it's possibly that you have to meet him to move forward, if you get what I mean. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can I can see that as being her her journey, or even, possibly even Kylo Ren's journey. Yes, uh, it can it, be. <clears throat> I tend to think it's actually going to be Kylo Ren's journey. Yeah, I tend to agree with you because he has that. He already has that familial connection with the Skywalkers, uh, and I kind of mm -hmm. see, I see his story arc as being um, arguably more interesting than Ray's. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I could see him seeking out. We already know he's obsessed with Darth Vader. I can yes. see I could see him and seeking out some extra knowledge latest, about that. In the latest trailer, we see him with Darth Vader's mask again. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which I so, missed I missed that element of his character in The Last Jedi, I have to say. Like I was I was really hoping that they mm -hmm. would explore that a little bit more, but uh, Ryan Johnson decided to go another way. I'm I'm yes. glad to, I'm glad to see JJ coming back and kind of bringing that that personality trait of his back into the movies. Forgive me. to go to him, Sidious Palpatine. And then from there, now this is what I think. The dark ray that we see in the trailer, I mm -hmm. think it's a vision. I don't think Ray's actually gone dark. Okay. I think Palpatine is showing Kylo Ren what will happen to Ray. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because to me, it makes sense because her going dark in the film would just be like, what? Now? You know, like I would think personally, if you would want her to go dark for a narrative perspective, you would have had her go dark in the last movie. Yes, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> um, narrative, narratively with storytelling and stuff, it just doesn't make sense for her to go unless they're really wanting a dark, morbid ending, maybe. I don't know, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt um, it. Especially, I think George Lucas is more involved with this one, and he's always been a proponent of um, of having kind of a, a glimmer of hope in his movies. He wants those movies to be something that people feel good about. So I don't, I don't think they're going to go dark, morbid with the last ever Skywalker yeah, uh, story. Exactly. So I think if they wanted to make her dark side narratively, they would have done it in the Last Jedi. But since yeah. they didn't. I think this is a vision created by Palpatine of what she could become okay. or possibly what he wants to become. And he makes it believed to, to Kylo Ren. Cause you know, Palpatine is so manipulative. He makes him believe that that is going to happen. Yeah. Since there's a slight possibility that Ray is a clone. Do you think that that, that dark version of Ray is actually another clone that we're seeing? It could be that too. I mean, for all we know, Kylo Ren, comes across dark side ray mm -hmm. I, I don't I think, think ray's gonna come across dark side ray but you don't think so oh that would be kind of cool though. i don't i don't think so i think it would be really cool but i don't think so 
so my my speculation as to what's going to happen is I, I do believe that Ray is going to find out that she is somehow connected to Palpatine, and it's gonna there's yes. um there's a bit of a theme that's it's very strongly hinted at that Ray is constantly looking for some kind of a familial connection. She meets um, Finn and immediately becomes friends with them and she wants to be with him and she wants to help him. And then the same thing happens. Uh, she looks as Han Solo as like a father figure and she only arguably yes. knows him for like 20 minutes. And she's, she's constantly looking for the next person. She lost Han and then she goes to Luke and she tries to find a connection with Luke. She keeps getting rejected by all these people or not rejected, but she mm -hmm. keeps, she keeps losing all these people that she's trying to connect with. And if she comes across uh, Palpatine at one point and he actually tells her we are connected we are family it might be a very tempting scenario for her to be like finally I found this connection that I've been searching for it's yes. with it's with this person who although is evil maybe the idea of having some kind of, of um, mm -hmm. realization of who she is kind of overshadows the, the idea that he's this horrible, horrible person. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there is that thought too, that he could come out and basically say, well, let's say he did create her out of the midi chlorians. Let's say that theory is true. And he says, well, basically I'm your father, you know? Mm -hmm. So it would create like this bond almost yes. between the two of them and that that could influence her a lot because all she's looking for is family and then finding out well this guy is my family yes exactly and this that actually <laughs> parallels of what happened with luke in empire strikes back and mm -hmm. i i as soon as you said that i pictured it in my head luke was devastated when he found out that vader was his father however yes it wasn't much longer after that when he was sitting in the falcon and he walked up to the cockpit and he was like trying to communicate with vader again feeling the draw of going towards mm -hmm. him like he wanted to go back to him even though he knew it was wrong and he knew how how evil his yeah. father was he, he still wanted to to connect yeah and i mean look at the whole plot of basically returning the jedi luke is wanting to reconnect to his father to bring his father back to the light so he has this definite bond with his father already even though his father is so evil Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As well. So the same scenario could be true of Ray if she finds out that she's connected to Palpatine. She might, despite how bad he is, he, she might still feel this connection and draw to him. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love it. I love this stuff. This is so nerdy and awesome. <laughs> um, all right. See, what else can we talk about? We covered all of our topics and we're looking at about 40 minutes. So we're on track. Uh -huh. Um is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Any other theories you wanted to speculate about? Well, here's a good one. The rise of Skywalker. Which Skywalker do you think is rising? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you my thoughts and I, I'm actually, I know a lot of people criticize this and, and they don't like it. Yeah. I've, at least a lot of my friends that I talk to are like, no, I don't want this to happen. But I'm like, I think it's actually kind of cool. Um, so we know that Luke hasn't had any children yet. It's mm -hmm. never been mentioned in, in any of the comics and, and none of the movies haven't hinted at, at all. No. Yeah. So with, uh, with 
Kylo Ren being a Ben Solo, he's part of the Solo family. Even though he does have Skywalker blood, he's not he's not named Skywalker. So what I believe is going to happen is either Ben is going to sacrifice himself uh, to save Rey or whatever, and Rey is going to want to honor Luke and the Skywalker lineage with Anakin and, and everybody. He, she knows this story. She knows mm-hmm. the, the legend of Luke Skywalker. I think what's going to happen is she's going to be tasked with starting a new generation of, of force users. And instead of calling them the Jedi, which the Jedi order was flawed in its own way. And it yes, wasn't, exactly. it wasn't, it, was it wasn't perfect. So she may mm-hmm. pivot away from calling them Jedi, restarting the Jedi order. And instead honoring and carrying on Luke's name by calling anybody who else who is a, a light side um, force user, a Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's what the Skywalker who rises is going to be uh, the people that Ray carries on the name with uh, the, the name of Luke Skywalker is going to live on forever as a force of good, as this, as this mm-hmm. legend of, of uh, powerful force users are going to become Skywalkers, which I think is kind of cool. I like that idea. Like who else can well, walk? You know what? Your, your thought there kind of connects to, I know a lot of people bash the ending of the last Jedi, but it kind of connects to Broomkin. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? it does. <laughs> you know, like the future of the Jedi, you know, he, he's, He's blatantly force sensitive. We see that, you know, yeah. and he could be the future of this new force users that are coming to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This next generation, they're not going to be called <laughs> Jedi. They're going to be called Skywalkers. I, I, yeah. I understand people's criticisms of that. And I, under, I totally understand people's criticisms of the last Jedi. I'm probably one of them, but, Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm not afraid of saying like you know what that's actually kind of cool and I like that idea of carrying on the legacy of the Skywalker saga by by anybody else who is uh, a light side force user can be called Skywalker. But that's my explanation. Yeah. Uh, what's yours? What do you think is going to happen? Or who do you think um, is going to be the Skywalker that rises? I actually think it's going to be Ben Kylo Ren. Okay, we're talking Ben Demption. Yeah, a sort of. Um, I think, though, he's going to sacrifice himself. Okay. I don't think he'll live. I know so Raylo's everyone will be crying. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he's going to sacrifice himself for the greater good in the end. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, so it's going um, to be a mirror of what Darth Vader did in Return of the Jedi? Kind of. But, um... I kind of think that's the best way to go with it because to me it's the, the really nice clean slate of the Skywalker family, you mm-hmm. know, the end. It kind of gives them plus it kind of goes with the whole Greek tragedy play, which uh the Skywalker saga is really based on the Greek tragedy storyline with its fictional tropes. So what better way for this Greek tragedy to end than have that last Skywalker die a triumphant victorious death okay i dig it what is it that you want from me to learn the truth about who you really are one that maybe you have known all along one you must believe in order to fulfill your destiny It has been foreseen that one lives who will control the universe. The Chosen One is the King. He who controls Skywalker 
will control everything. All right, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on the Scarif podcast. We appreciate you uh, reaching out to us and coming out and, and talking all this nerdy, wonderful uh, little nuggets of information that we can ex- extrapolate from these stories that we love so much. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show with us. And why don't you tell people where they can follow you and who people who want to talk to you can uh, can jump on Twitter and talk to you. Uh, yeah, I'm at, I'm at at Jedi Caligula, C-A-L-I-G-U. LA89 on Twitter. You can find me. And I'm there tweeting sometimes. I do a lot of retweets. And if you ever want to talk some ancient Greek Roman mythology, come at me. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Amanda. We will talk to you soon. Greetings, Star Wars fans. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Always.